From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. How goes your summer thus far? I'm not sure what the weather's like where you are, uh, but here but here in these parts, uh, southern Ontario, we have had some really cool weather in mid-July. At night, it gets down to about 13, 14 degrees Celsius, which is about, what, 60, 62 Fahrenheit, mid-July. It's great weather for sleeping with the windows open, but not really beach weather. Uh, however, the mighty Aphrodite and I did take the boys to the beach yesterday, out in the east end of Toronto. Those of you who, uh, who live in the area, Scarborough, will be familiar with Bluffers Park Beach, which is a beautiful sandy beach on the shores of Lake Rio. And there was a green flag uh, flying on the lifeguard stand, which meant that the water quality was very good. And it was reasonably hot yesterday. Uh, in fact, the sand was, was so hot, it was a little uncomfortable walking around in bare feet. Uh, the boys brought their, their metal detectors and they found some bottle caps and they played badminton. And then uh, we got hot, so it got time to uh, to dip our toe into the lake and were we in for a shock. My word, it was icy. The water was frigid. It had to be maybe 50, 55 degrees tops in mid-July. Uh, and, and it was so cold and we could only wade up to our knees and stay in for about a minute. It was so cold, the the, uh, the cold water began to constrict the blood vessels in our legs. And it's it's painful. So we had to get out. I don't know what's going on this summer. It's just crazy weather. The other thing that, uh, that uh, the mighty Aphrodite and I are doing uh, this summer is we're sort of engaged in a battle for the boys' hearts and minds, musically speaking. Uh, she's introducing her music to them her new she likes new music she's new school Katy Perry and Beyonce and all these other uh, uh, bands I call her music an awful racket and she feels the same way about me but I'm I'm old school I like classic rock so I'm introducing the boys to the pantheon of classic rock the Beatles and the Stones and the Who and the Doors and the Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan and so forth and I think I'm winning <laughs> don't tell her that um, but the other, the, this is where it gets interesting because this is where the two worlds collide. The world of rock and roll and uh, what I do for a living and that's covering sort of the UFO, ET, paranormal beat. Uh, and that's where we're going over the next uh, 45 minutes because um, my next guest has actually uh, written, uh, the book came out a few years ago. Uh, I've just sort of discovered it recently. But it's a book that sort of combines the world of rock and the world of UFOs. It's called Alien Rock. The Rock and Roll Extraterrestrial Connection. And as it turns out, there are hundreds of rock stars who believe in UFOs, and some have actually had some kind of an experience, including several notable musicians who claim to have had alien abduction uh, experiences, including Ace Freely of Kiss and Cat Stevens and uh, Sammy Hagar, formerly of Van Halen. And, of course, uh, John Lennon had a number of uh, uh, noted UFO experiences, and we'll get into all of that, as I say, with my next guest. Michael Luckman is the author of Alien Rock, The Rock and Roll Extraterrestrial Connection. He's also director of the New York Center for Extraterrestrial Research and the founder of the Cosmic Majority. What is the Cosmic Majority? Well, they're an organization that seeks to advance the views of the majority of people living on planet Earth who believe in UFOs, life on other planets throughout the universe, the paranormal, the New Age, and the sanctity of the environment. And, this is interesting, he taught the nation's first college course on rock music at the New School for Social Research in New York City back in 1971. Michael Luckman, how are you? 
I'm doing real well, Richard. Thanks for inviting me into the show. Alien Rock, the rock and roll extraterrestrial connection. Now, uh, I remember reading a, a, a headline about a, a United Nations report that said something like 150 million people, or there have been 150 million sightings of UFOs since 1947. So I suppose, you know, people in the rock business shouldn't be any different than the general public. Uh, but, but I guess what I would be curious to know is, are they more or less inclined to talk about it? Well, generally, I would say it, it depends. I would say that uh, uh, up until uh, at the time when I wrote the, uh, the book, uh, the book uh, came out several years ago. When I wrote the book, uh, at that time, it was hard to get them to go on the record, and uh, a lot of the uh, information came uh, uh, through their uh, uh, friends and associates and uh, former wives and things like that. Uh, but now uh, there's a tremendous opening up. I mean, uh, there, I, I'm, on the new book that I'm working on, it's a sequel, Alien Rock, uh, which will also include Hollywood celebrities. Uh, there are hundreds of people, at least hundreds of people, who are going to be presented in their various uh, experiences and stories uh, having to do with uh, everything from out-of-body experiences, not just UFOs, but out-of-body experiences and uh, and uh, uh, what's happened when they've uh, uh, messed with a Ouija board and all kinds of interesting uh, things. People like uh, Larry King, who's interested, who's, who's, is greatly afraid of dying, like Michael Jackson, and he wants to have himself uh, cryogenically suspended. Uh, so, you know, there are all kinds of, 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 of people who are out there who are famous who have now come forward with all kinds of amazing stories. And uh, the reason I think so many of the rock stars in particular have had these experiences is, number one, they're out on the road late at night as far as UFO stuff, and they, have, they do a lot of traveling, and they have an opportunity to see all kinds of things. Uh, but also, uh, as, it, as I recently learned, there are findings from a, a study that was done by a team of Belgian University um, uh, scientists, and it found that creative people's brains are actually wired different from the rest of the population. So that would explain to me why extraterrestrials would be particularly interested in, uh, in rock stores. Right. Well, that, that's an interesting point. Their brains are wired differently. And you make that point especially about uh, John Lennon. And I wanted to begin uh, with the former Beatle mm -hmm. uh, because he... he um, attributes the name of the Beatles uh, going back, I think, to the time he was like 12 years old, and this vision, or may it may not have been a vision, it may have been a, a close encounter, uh, but he attributes the name Beatles coming from these men flying aboard this flaming pie. Yes. Tell, tell us about that story. Well, I, I think you sort of summarize it. I mean, uh, there's not that much more to that story, except that it's a very... Uh, interesting, uh, John was like really into this stuff. Uh, he, for example, he identified very much with, uh, UFO, uh, abductees. Uh, he said that he felt very different and for all he knew he might be an abductee. Uh, he certainly had an up close and personal, uh, experience that happened, uh, when he was living with, uh, May Pang, who I've spoken to extensively on this, uh, his former girlfriend when he was living apart from, uh, from Yoko. And uh, uh, this this was a craft that was hovering above the roof 
of, of the apartment building they were living in on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, and it was a cone-shaped object maybe a couple hundred feet across and had circular lights all around the rim and a red light on top. And there were other people, too, who had called, who had seen, who had called the police and called the newspapers, who had seen something. Uh, uh, but he was so close to it, I mean, he said that he could have hit it with a stone. I mean, he said it was maybe, you know, a couple hundred feet away. And it really got his, you know, juices going. Uh, and, uh, you know, he mentioned it on a couple of albums. And uh, he's very, very much into it. He's not the only Beatle, by the way, who sort of had... Some kind of it was well, certainly if you include paranormal experiences, he's not he's not the only Beatle. Uh, uh, but uh, there are so many uh, of these rock stars who have had uh, amazing things happen. When I first started out, I was concerned that you know maybe I would have be dealing mostly with people who you know rock stars who perhaps believe in these things, but not necessarily had these experiences. But they have had these experiences uh, big time. Uh, Elvis, uh, probably more than um, than any other. Uh, uh, yeah, I definitely want to get to Elvis's uh, yeah. sightings. I mean, that starts uh, going back to the, the night of his birth. But if I could just stick with Lennon uh, for a few more sure. moments, because there's you mentioned the May Pang incident, which I ha- which uh, happened yeah. uh, when he was living uh, apart from Yoko. But was there not another incident at the Dakota? Well, yes, there there was supposedly an incident, but I uh, uh, investigated that. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you might look at it, it's, it, it, that does not hold water at all, that case. Uh, that all comes from uh, Yuri Geller, right. uh, the British-based uh, uh, psychic who is world-renowned, and I believe that he has some legitimate and significant psychic powers. But he's also a showman, and, and, and I, I've, from my investigation, I'm 100% certain that uh, this was a made-up uh, story, and the reason I say that is that there was the, the he claimed that uh, just briefly the story goes like this: uh, 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 four uh, spindly uh, uh, gray uh, little uh, alien beings uh, uh, come into uh, John's apartment while Yoko's asleep, and uh, one of the things that I just you know that bothers me about the story is that the original version of the story, which Yuri Geller uh, uh, printed in his, uh, published in his Encounters magazine, Yuri Geller's Encounters, it was called, many, many, many years ago. Uh, that tells one story, and then he changed the story so that here these friendly, outwardly friendly aliens uh, morphed into, in his later telling of the story, morphed into uh, these um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, irascible types, like a little bit on the nasty side perhaps, and and uh, that uh, would be all well and good, except that they're two totally divergent uh, 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 stories. Uh, moreover, uh, Yuri made a big deal of this. He held up this, uh, for the uh, newspapers, uh, he held up this uh, small uh, uh, egg-shaped object that he claimed was given to him by John just a few weeks before John's assassination. Uh, that John said he was given by the alien for one of the aliens for what purpose he didn't know. And uh, uh, so Yuri held it up. The only problem is is that that, uh, that little egg uh, has been known for years uh, and available uh, from a Dutch uh, manufacturing company. I have the name of the company. Uh, it's a metallic egg, and it can be stood on end, 
and it's maybe about an inch or a little more than an inch, inch and a half tall, and it could be purchased for about $25. Uh, and also, uh, Yuri uh, to- uh, was with uh, a record uh, uh, executive in, uh, uh, in England, and they were out on, a, uh, on the River of Thames, and, uh, they, uh, and he showed him these two so-called alien eggs, so there were two, but then when he released the story, and ever since, he's only spoken about one. Ah, well, I guess that's not what Lennon was referring to on the Magical Mystery Tour album when he said, I am the Eggman. No. <laughs> All right, we'll take a time out. Michael Luckman is with us, author of Alien Rock, the rock and roll extraterrestrial connection right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are back with Michael Luckman. He's the director of the New York Center for Extraterrestrial Research, founder of the Cosmic Majority, and author of Alien Rock, the rock and roll extraterrestrial connection. He has a sequel coming uh, uh, out on uh, the same uh, subject, which will also include uh, Hollywood stars and other celebrities. And they're... uh, uh, UFO and paranormal encounters. Back to Lenin, uh, just before, because there's, this is such a rich mind to be veined, uh, or a rich vein to be mined, rather, with, with, yes. with Lenin. Uh, and it's um, interesting because uh, we mentioned the flaming pie, yes. uh, and uh, the, these uh, individuals on this flaming pie told Lenin, you will be known as the Beatles, spelled with an A, and so forth. But then along comes... Uh, Paul McCartney's solo album, a pretty fine album, back in the late 90s, called Flaming Pie. Yes. Um, now, what, what, what do you think? He Was was he trying to suge- sort of corroborate Lennon's story? Sort of yeah, I, I, just have, I, I really don't have any, uh, any, any idea on that. Uh, but uh, what's interesting about Paul is that uh, Paul, uh, uh, to this day, doesn't read or write music. Um, and uh, he also uh, uh, commenting on the success of the book of the I'm sorry the success of the band uh, said that they always felt that there was this uh, uh, I forget the exact uh, something, along, something along the lines of an invisible uh, star but it wasn't the word invisible it was something else but uh, but but anyway uh, uh, some kind of a, a star was uh, out in front uh, that was signifying to them that they would, in the end, be successful. Hmm. And, and oh, he, I know. He, it was, he called it a blind, a, a blind uh, Bethlehem star. Ah, interesting. And, and you've, you've also talked about how, how Lennon felt, and Yoko has, has echoed the sentiment, that the Beatles felt that they were mere conduits, that they were sort of these... Um, channels. Channels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is something that, you know... The, the bottom line is uh, the the question ultimately becomes and this is sort of a funny thing, but you know, are, are how many of the top ten songs at any given time have been written uh, written uh, with extraterrestrial or interdimensional assistance? Uh, I would say quite a number, 
which raises the interesting question of maybe the royalty checks are going to the wrong place. <laughs> or maybe, you know, George Martin is not of this earth. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but um, in further to that, though, you make a, an interesting uh, argument that Lennon's murder, murderer, Mark David Chapman, uh, may have been under the influence of some dark alien forces. Yeah, and we're not necessarily... <clears throat> Well, I mean, I'm not talking, we're not talking about, you know, Little Green Men or anything like that. But, you know, I think that we, you know, we, we clearly, there are so many dimensions that we're, we just don't know about at all. And each planet, from one planet to another in our solar system alone, uh, the physics are entirely different. And there are all sorts of surprises that we're finding all the time. So I would say that, you know, whether whatever you call it, I call I call in my book extra I call the term extraterrestrial musical forces but they could be interdimensional they could be extraterrestrial uh, they you know they could they, if you want to look at it as spirits you know they could be negative or positive right I, I think John was was clearly in touch with with positive uh, entities he spoke about his muse and that even at a time after he uh, there was a period in his life where his muse allegedly disappeared, and he referred to the muse, by the way, as a female, but he never gave her name, was concerned that somebody else might get in touch with the muse somehow. <laughs> and so John was, in was you know, getting, uh, getting uh, entire songs in his head uh, written automatically, and all he had to do, but he had to do it very fast, is to write it down. This is a phenomenon that's talked about over and over and over again. Uh, I know... Uh, a, uh, a musician, uh, he's a surf guitar pioneer by the name of Merle Fankhauser. He was at Harry Nielsen's uh, home in the early 70s in, uh, uh, in Los Angeles, and John happened to be there, and John brought it up. He says that he has this, you know, automatic writing or channeling thing happening, and then Neoko, of course, later on in an interview in Playboy magazine corroborated this, but so many musicians have this. Mm. And it, and it even goes to the point that some of them feel guilty, actually, that they're being, including, by the way, Michael Jackson, I believe, uh, that they're being um, credited for things that they don't feel that they wrote. Interesting, interesting. Well, uh, another Beatle, uh, Ringo Starr. Uh, interesting, his, I think it was a 1974 album, Goodnight Vienna, the, the, yeah. the title track was written by John Lennon, and the cover art... Uh, tell us about the cover art of that album, because it's from a pretty famous UFO movie. Yeah, yeah, well, it's on the day the Earth is still. Now, it, 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 it turns out, however, uh, that that uh, it wasn't meant to... Uh, um, it, it was just sort of a uh, fun thing that Ringo did. It didn't necessarily signal his extraterrestrial interest, although I found that out, too, that he certainly uh, believes, uh, has a healthy interest in it and believes that... Uh, uh, that uh, you know that there's a government cover-up and things like that. Uh, but the, for that album, uh, it was they they filmed the video for that on the uh, roof of the uh, Capitol Records building in Los Angeles, and uh, they had a space a spaceship, a flying saucer, and there was Ringo, you know, dressed up as the alien uh, visitor, Michael Rennie, and uh, you know uh, the album did well. Michael Luckman is with us, author of Alien Rock, The Rock and Roll Extraterrestrial Connection. And again, he's the director of the New York Center for Extraterrestrial Research, founder of the Cosmic uh, Majority. Um, 
let's talk now a, l- a little bit about uh, the king, Elvis Presley, uh, and the night of his birth. What, what uh, reportedly happened, and, and where does this information come from? Well, the, uh, what happened was, uh, according to Vernon Presley, uh, uh, Elvis's dad, uh, a, uh, a strange blue light was present over the two-room, tiny two-room shack in Tupelo, Mississippi, at the time when Elvis was born. And by the way, when he was born, there, there were twins. That's right. And uh, uh, Jesse Garin, uh, who was buried in the meditation uh, garden at uh, Roseland, alongside of Elvis, was there, and Elvis always felt a special connection, even some guilt, uh, but a special connection with, uh, with his, uh, you know, stillborn uh, twin. And uh, anyhow, the blue light was seen by uh, the, attend- by the uh, phys- local physician, and Vernon told uh, this uh, story, um, he's told it many, th- he had told it, he's passed on now, but he told it many times, he told it to uh, not only the Elvis later, who was very, very uh, intrigued by it, but he also told it to my friend uh, uh, Larry Geller, who was, uh, was Elvis's uh, hairstylist and also his uh, New Age advisor. And uh, Elvis, like, really got deeply. I mean, the real Elvis got very deeply into uh, several hundred books uh, on spirituality and UFOs and all kinds of New Age subjects. Uh, that Larry put together. When Elvis would travel somewhere, he would take many of the books with him in these special cases. And uh, he really wanted to, uh, he, he felt that, that these uh, movies that he was doing, uh, where they were grinding out these uh, these movies, he, he said that he got physically, he felt almost physically ill from making some of those movies. And he really wanted to get out, out of the, the trap that he was in, which was basically that, that he and the people around him were all getting these prescription drugs. And, uh, you know, the pressures, of course, are, are unbelievable when you get into a position like that, all kinds of pressures. And um, there was uh, his uh, manager, Tom, uh, uh, Colonel Tom Parker, was very, very upset with Elvis. He was afraid, actually he was upset with Larry because he was afraid that Larry Geller would you know, take Elvis away from his, what he considered to be his, his main business. Sure. I mean, there's an argument to be made that, that uh, uh, Colonel Tom Parker, who was a bit of a gambler, had amassed so much uh, gambling debt that uh, essentially Elvis uh, was, in, was enslaved to Parker to pay off those debts. Yeah, it may be. Actually, what Elvis wanted to do, Larry was uh, Larry's a very good with uh, natural foods and stuff. And obviously, Elvis was, was, in fact, he had stomach cancer. He had a lot of problems with the way that he ate and uh, put on a lot of weight and all that. So, uh, Elvis, Larry was going to take go with Elvis down to uh, Hawaii, uh, dry him out, get him away from the dependency on the pills, give him a decent health regimen, get him, you know, on a healthier diet. And then Elvis wanted to go to the Middle East and use his, 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 his um, singing uh, to be a uh, basically like a musical a musical messiah. Of course, he never got there. No, no. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some of uh, Elvis's reported UFO sightings, both in Graceland and out in the desert. Yes, there was an incident in the desert where actually there was a there were several incidents that took place. One outside a recording studio in. Uh, Los Angeles, another one in the uh, Nevada desert, 
in the Nevada desert, the uh, the hair on the back of their uh, heads, uh, the witnesses and, El- and Elvis too, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of stood up and they felt like this odd sensation, and they saw a mothership, what what sounded like a mothership, something big, uh, in the desert, and um, and and at one point there was another one over his. Um, Home in uh, Bel Air, where they were looking, where, where uh, they were looking for Elvis, and Elvis was outside, but not where they thought he would be. And they and they saw something, and they thought that Elvis might have been abducted. Oh dear! And uh, also at Graceland. Uh... And at Graceland, they have been seen at Graceland even more recently. But Larry, I believe, was there and witnessed a, a UFO together with Vernon and Elvis. Uh, once while I was sitting there out, out towards a We've uh, just got a couple minutes here before we, we break away again, but let's uh, at least begin the uh, the discussion um, concerning Michael Jackson. You mentioned that uh, he, he may be one example of, uh, of a musical artist who was influenced uh, or perhaps a, um, a channel for um, uh, you know messages yeah. from aliens. Did he talk? Did he talk about? I mean, if there's one person we we might assume or guess might talk openly about uh, encounters with UFOs, it would be someone like a Michael Jackson. Well, yeah, you know, I met Michael in New York uh, at the time, uh, right before I uh, I wrote my book, and he was at a place called the Abracadabra, uh, basically a magic shop, a big one uh, in uh, in uh, downtown Manhattan. Uh, and I asked the owner, I said, well, where's Michael? Because he had called me and he told me that Michael was up there and I had to take a cab to go up there. And I was afraid by the time I got up there, he would be gone. But he know he was there because it was a rainy day and there were almost no customers in the store. And he walked in, Michael was in there and he, I said, where is he? He says, up there. And he points up in the balcony and there's this very slim figure uh, wrapped in like the Invisible Man, uh, just like in the movie, <laughs> Invisible Man, right. he was wrapped in a reddish orange uh, 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 cloth kind of covering. They covered his head too, and then he had sunglasses on his on his face over the the the, the material. So I don't know how he was able to see anything. He and he was wearing uh, uh, silver shoes, uh, uh, leather uh, silver shoes. And uh, we talked briefly. Um, uh, he definitely, uh, you know, said that he believed in aliens. And uh, he had had, he had only, to my knowledge, although he was interested in the paranormal too, but as far as UFOs, he had one experience, and that happened when he was in his early 20s, and he was flying on a, he was in the cockpit of a plane uh, that was moving over Alaska when he sighted these, these uh uh, very unusual uh, lights, almost like crystalline type structures that were tumbling and multicolored and asked the pilot whether he had ever seen or knew what that was. And he said he'd never seen it and didn't have any idea what it was. And Michael was like really, you know, really excited about it. And then, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, E.T., the movie E.T. with his kids, he saw that claim that he saw that movie, I almost believe, him like 200 times. Oh, my. Listen, i gotta, I got to jump in here, Michael. we got to take a quick time out back on the other side. Michael like, uh, Luckman as we talk about aliens and rock and roll. Right here, The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The truth is not out there. It's right here. 
The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And uh, we're back with Michael Luckman. And uh, sorry I had to jump in there, but uh, let's just uh, finish off that uh, uh, the Michael Jackson story. You, you mentioned his fascination with UFOs, and he took his he, he went to see the movie E.T. Uh, several hundred times. Uh, uh, was there any more to that? Uh, that well, that? you know, he was also he was also uh, uh, Close Encounters was a, a you know. A, uh, he loved that uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind very much so. And and uh, uh, by the way, he did Michael did, did the uh, uh, E.T. storybook, which is basically a kids album. Uh, and there's a picture of Michael a, a poster actually it comes with the album. It's a collectible now of uh, Michael uh, and uh, E.T. Uh, a portrait of them together. He was really like he, when he saw E.T. the first time on the set, he he ran toward him and put his arms around him and. So Michael was like, you know, really uh, into this stuff. He 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 wanted to uh, uh, he wanted he was very serious about this. He wanted to somehow get to the moon and to moonwalk on the moon, and and presumably also perform for anyone who might be out there. And uh, he he spoke to a few people about it, and uh, including uh, somebody on his behalf got in touch with Edgar Mitchell, the Apollo 14 astronaut at that time it was you know almost an impossibility to get anyone uh, uh up there or anywhere near there uh but uh, you know of course now as we reach out there there are these uh at least trips to the edge of space and and then of course there are the uh uh the russians have, have for uh, you know a, a couple of million dollars uh they'll send somebody up in a rocket um, uh, I'm not sure if they're guaranteeing a moon landing or not, but but, but uh, it'll go pretty far. Uh, but uh, yeah, Michael was uh, really into this. He's also into you know paranormal things. Actually, I'm working on a, a whole separate book about Michael Jackson, which uh, is going to be um, an explosive book. I can't tell too much, say too much about it, except that uh, it uh, has some very uh, very revealing stuff, and it goes very deep. And uh, there's an interesting book, by the way, uh, that uh, I just got a, just bought today. I'd heard about uh, Michael Jackson uh, allowed Rabbi Botek, who was a friend of his, who right. lives in New York, Shmuley Botek, yes, yeah, to uh, do a um, uh, to record his some of his innermost thoughts about life and his his being, and uh, it's called the Michael Jackson tapes. And there's some extraordinary stuff in there, which I'll be quoting uh, in my book. But then my book goes off into other, you know, other directions. Uh, but it's it's uh, uh, including his religious and spiritual beliefs and things like that. Right. But there is also some very controversial components about it, uh, which is uh, you know, which I've uh, been doing research on and. Uh, still working on sure uh let's uh we're this is a short segment we'll break again here shortly but let's at least begin this discussion and focus a little bit on the the alien abduction phenomenon and a, a number of uh, uh rock musicians uh sincerely believe that they've been abducted and we mentioned john lennon somewhat suspected uh although perhaps didn't believe it uh, 100 percent but um this is this was a surprise for me i, I didn't realize uh, i was a, a, i'm a big cat stevens fan yeah uh his politics and so forth maybe aside but yeah. but uh, uh love his music i didn't realize that that cat stevens had had uh, what might be described as an alien abduction experience 
Yeah, uh, Cat Stevens, uh, he, uh, he downplays it, but uh, he definitely made uh, references of, you know, flying, flying objects and stuff in his songs. Uh, but uh, he had some kind of experience where he, uh, and there's not much detail on this, but he um, uh, feels that he was abducted. There was some missing time incident uh, connected with it. And uh, I can't tell you too much about Cat Stevens because it was very flimsy, uh, you know, very no details really on that on that account. Uh, but I believe he did have something along those lines. Uh, but uh, John Lennon, incidentally, when he was when he and May Peng saw this giant flying saucer uh, at close range, John actually, and he's standing naked, by the way, and she was undressed too. <laughs> he yells to the flying saucer, "Stop! Wait! Take me with you!" <laughs> <laughs> so he was all ready to go. But uh, you know, uh, uh, there are um, uh, uh, people like um, Ace Freely. Sure. Well, uh, we should talk about we should talk is, about yeah. A- yeah. We'll talk about Ace when we come back. Ace Freely, of course, uh, who some may not be surprised to learn right. <laughs> was an alien abductee, uh, and also, of course, uh, Jerry Garcia uh, from the Grateful yeah, Dead. That's although, a great story. yeah, we'll talk about that as well. Michael Luckman, Alien Rock, the Rock and Roll extraterrestrial connection right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are back with Michael Luckman, director of the New York Center for Extraterrestrial Research, founder of the Cosmic Majority, author of a number of books, including Alien Rock, The Rock and Roll Extraterrestrial Connection, and uh, look for a sequel on that book coming soon. Uh, that'll include Hollywood stars and other celebrities. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Ace Frehley, uh, former uh, guitarist with uh, Kiss, and uh, his abduction story. Well, yeah, Ace uh, had a uh, uh, a uh, uh, home on upstate New York, and uh, he had a, a, a missing time experience that was accompanied by a a uh, very large um, uh, circle, like a crop circle, but it was more of a burn mark, very large, maybe a couple hundred feet across, uh, on his property. So he's very, you know, very, very, very into this stuff. In fact, he's one of the people I'm trying to uh, put, uh, to reach uh, out to uh, a number of uh, rock stars and other celebrities uh, to see whether they would be interested in accompanying me to this um, underwater uh, base, uh, or what's being called an underwater base, uh, in Malibu, California. Malibu uh, has this, uh, it, it, from, from looking at the pictures, it, it's caused a tremendous uh, sensation on the Internet. Uh, there's, an opening, uh, there's an opening below the water, uh, th- this is a very large, uh, roundish or uh, disc-shaped, um, probably geological uh, uh, structure, natural structure, but very unusual. It, it's it's 2,000 foot across, maybe 3,000 foot across. It has what appear like columns at an entrance. <clears throat> the columns are about 600 foot tall. Hmm. And... A lot of UFOs have been seen. Hundreds of people through the years have reported UFOs going into not only uh, above the ocean of the Pacific, but going in, entering the ocean. 
And so it's our belief that that's where they're hiding. Well, that's interesting because uh, there's NASA uh, or their Jet Propulsion Laboratory just has de- they've developed a, a space rover prototype. They say is being developed to explore underwater uh, sort of icy seas in yeah. outer space. Um, but some are speculating that uh, it's actually being used uh, to see if they can find alien life or UFOs in our own oceans. What do you think? Well, of that? I think so. I think that there's a good possibility of that. I can't prove it, but everything about the way that they operate, I mean, they're certainly, first of all, they're very close with the uh, Defense Department. Uh, they're, they're really hand in glove with the Defense Department. Uh, so that alone would be a reason. Uh, we know from former, uh, uh, former, uh, uh, FOIA documents, uh, that have been released, uh, that there's all kinds of underwater activity, has been for a very long time. Uh, that's been documented by the, uh, Naval, the Navy and other departments of the military. And uh, so that's where, you know, that's the right place for, for extraterrestrials to hide. I mean, uh, 70% of, the, uh, of our planet is covered by water. What better place to hide? I'm sure that that's where most of them are hiding, the ones that, that are, you know, in a solid, in a solid form. And uh, I think that this is clearly is the, is the new frontier in uh, UFO research. And I think NASA is very, very likely uh, to... Uh, Frankly, I mean, if NASA wanted to go there tomorrow and move, they, they started in this underwater probe in Alaska, but if they wanted to go to, in fact, they could do no better thing, really, as far as I'm concerned, than to go to Malibu, California, to investigate that so-called um, uh, alien base. Well, I, I just, uh, uh, last week or the week before, I, I interviewed uh, Don Ledger, yeah. uh, who, who wrote... Um, the book Dark Object about, of course, what I call Canada's Roswell, which was the Shag Harbor UFO incident right, yeah. in 1967, and of course, uh, that's a very celebrated case of a uh, some sort of a flying disc landing on the water uh, and then disappearing under the depths and then being seen further offshore uh, of Nova Scotia. So I think there's definitely some credence to that idea that these these craft are are landing and taking off. Uh, in the ocean because there's some sort of a, a base. So maybe they're not extraterrestrial at all, Michael. Maybe they've always been here. Well, you could make that argument. Uh, let's uh, just talk while there's a few moments that remain uh, about the late Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. Of course, they're coming up on their 50th anniversary. There's talk of a, a Grateful Dead reunion, of course, without their celebrated front man. Jerry passed away about, uh, oh, geez, now it's been over... 15 years, I think. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry, let's face it, Jerry had a, a penchant for for pharmaceuticals. So how much of this story do you think uh, is, is believable? How much is it attributed perhaps to some sort of drug-induced hallucination? It's very, very hard to say um, uh, because uh, I've read Jerry's comments on uh, this case. Uh, basically, uh, what happened is he felt that he was trapped inside some kind of a large spaceship for two days and that he was confronted by what he called insectoid type presences very tall uh kind of praying mantis looking uh creatures of course this sounds crazy uh i even have a hard time with it uh but other abductees 
have reported that from time to time. It's not something that happens. It's not a common occurrence in the abductee field, but it does happen to some people. But Jerry also um, admitted that there, you know, uh, he claimed that he wasn't on DMT. Uh, DMT is a, a very powerful psychedelic, and he claimed that he, of course, he used a lot of drugs, but at, at various times. But he claimed that he wasn't on this drug when he. Uh, uh, so, saw this, he, you know, he said he, it wasn't from DMT, although he agreed that it was very similar to what m somebody might get on a DMT experience. Now, the overwhelming majority of the people who are in my book uh, are cases where there have been people who, you know, eyewitnesses, people who have not been on drugs to corroborate what they saw. Uh, there have been multiple witnesses and things like that. So, you know, it's it's there's no uh it's it's hard in jury's case however it might be drug related um also uh, um uh, uh, what um jury spoke about having uh communication with an advanced being now not the uh, praying mantis types as far as we know but uh, just at, at another time or at other times, hearing uh, a voice clearly in his ear that uh, he didn't say what this voice was, was telling him, but that it was definitely a higher intelligence, much higher intelligence than he felt that he was. And, um, you know, uh, uh, this comes right back to the question of our extraterrestrials or extraterrestrial musical forces in contact with... Uh, with uh, rock stars. Um, just trying to remember whether Reg Presley, the lead singer of the Trogs, gets a mention in the book. He just we just lost Reg a couple years ago, but he was a very vocal uh, spokesperson uh, about uh, UFO disclosure. Do you, do you yes, he was. He was very active. He put his money where his mouth was. He did a lot of investigation of crops, the crop circle phenomenon. He, he was also a, he was also a big believer in uh, the Anunnaki and the. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the the uh, point of view expressed by uh, my late friend uh, Zechariah Sitchin. Right, right. So uh, he was he believed that the, that the gold that was not only mined but that was used by the Anunnaki to prolong uh, their life that that gold which is known as a, a monatomic uh, gold or, or powdered white gold there are different names for it and it's available by the way it, it remains to be seen how you know how good the quality is and whether it's exactly what uh, they may have been using uh, to extend their life but reportedly they live very long lives at least hundreds of years and perhaps even longer than that and uh, and 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 uh, uh, Reg's feeling was, oh, he's not, you know, he, as, he, there wasn't anything about the gold that could harm him, so he figured that he's better off taking it than not taking it. Now, he did die, I think it was of cancer. Yes. Uh, you know, but I don't think that that's an indictment of, of, of the use of, of the gold. But nobody, there just isn't enough information on it. But there, it does corroborate with what we do know about the Anunnaki, and I, I must confess that I've thought about about whether I should take it myself, but I have some my own, uh, uh, you know, medical issues. So right, you never right. know what you can, whether that's really good for you. Well, we, we've been talking a lot about, uh, uh, you know, rock musicians that sort of had their heyday in the '60s and the '70s. Right. Uh, but uh, even, um, you know, more modern day 
rock icons, people like Robbie Williams. You mentioned uh, yes. that um, he has made a, a trip out to the East Seti Ranch uh, in hopes of catching a glimpse or making contact with, with yeah. uh, UFOs. Tell me about Robbie Williams and the East Seti Ranch. Yeah, well, Robbie, Robbie camped out there uh, for actually for two weeks with, with a crew, camera crew, and they recorded UFO uh, activity. Uh, this is uh, in Mount Snow in the state of Washington, near Mount Snow, where there's this ranch that James Gillian runs. And there are constant, constant, constant appearances of UFOs and unusual lights there uh, in, that, in that area. And if there ever was a, a place where if the human race wanted to try to establish contact, that would be the place to go, sort of the equivalent of Devil's Mountain uh, in the film Close Encounters. Sure. That would be the place uh, uh, to go. So, Robbie, they did, they did shoot UFOs. They, 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 they photographed UFOs. I think it's on... Uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, Gillian Ranches of uh, their website, uh, but Robbie also had several other uh, UFO experiences. And the most dramatic and unusual was one where a long strip of, of light, almost like a, a black light or something, uh, entered the studio where he was out in Los Angeles, and 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 uh, while they were recording a song for Alien Contact, and and zipped around the room. Out around the studio and then out the back door or the window or whatever. And uh, he also had a number of other experiences. And he even at one time was talking about forming a uh, UFO uh, uh, religion like uh, Scientology, but his own, his own brand. Well, it's fascinating. Uh, it's a fascinating look uh, at rock and roll history from an entirely different perspective, another worldly perspective. And how about for you personally, Michael? We haven't talked about uh, uh, about your connection to uh, uh, the UFO phenomenon. Have you had a, a close encounter? Uh, no, actually, I'm not. Um, uh, I base. I, I don't do a lot of traveling. I'm based uh, here in New York. Um, their UFOs have been seen in New York City, but, uh, you know, not that often. Mohammed, uh, uh, we did have a sighting in Central uh, Park. Listen, got to run, but I, I really appreciate your time. I enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. Michael Luckman, Alien Rock, the rock and roll extraterrestrial connection. My thanks to producer Tim Spreen and, of course, to all of you for listening. Uh, back next week with a brand new show. Hope you'll be along for the ride. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There is nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.